Good morning, Sunday the 29th of May. We're almost into June. We've got some games to look at in baseball, one in, in basketball, nothing in hockey for today. Let me talk about this basketball game for just a second. I'll start with this. If you force me to take a play on this, you're going to give me a free play, and that free play can only be used on an over and a side. I'm taking over the total, and I'm taking Miami plus the points. That's what I would take. But because I don't have a free play on this, and I'm not in some sort of contest, I'm taking a hard pass. I know it's a broken record if you've been listening for a while. There's no reason to bet on these games. Just because it's a playoff game, and it seems more important. That's the exact opposite of what you should be doing. You bet on games you think you can win money on, you have an edge on. I have no edge in this. I've mentioned this now. This is the seventh game in the series. Game seven. I haven't been able to find an edge for the other six games. Now, I know there's other people out there. There's pundits, other professional handicappers that seem to come up with a play in this. And guess what? Do you find any of them to be right? They're getting this wrong every which way but loose. The, the home team is one and two in this series. The road team is two and one. Yeah, so each team has won two on the road and one at home. It's now three to three. Nobody's been picking that realistically. Can you? You can flip a coin and you'll be 50% chance of being right on who's going to win the game because someone has to win it. And if you do that six times in a row, the odds are pretty pretty strong against you that you're going to get the winner right six times in a row. Maybe somebody out there has. And if somebody that's listening to this has been getting it and have their finger on the pulse of the game, just keep doing what you're doing. You got it on, you got it on point. You're on point, just keep doing what you're doing. I haven't been able to find an edge, and I don't find one here. Why would I lean on Miami? Because they're getting two and a half points, and they're at home. You could argue, yeah, but the home team isn't winning. Boston's a great team on the road in this series, in this playoffs. Okay, fine. Then take Boston. I'm just telling you the history of NBA playoffs is you take the home team in Game 7 if you're getting points. There'd be absolutely no reason in the history of NBA playoff betting to do otherwise unless there's been a massive injury situation. That being said, there's a lot of questionable players on both sides, and there's more on the Miami side than the Boston side. That being said again, why would you want to play this game right now until you know who's actually playing? I can't sit here on this podcast and tell you that you should take one side or the other based on injury news until the game is actually ready to go. So if you want to play this game, I'd play it live when you find out who's playing and maybe when you get a deficit on one side, whether it's Boston or whether it's Miami, take that other, take the other side. If one team gets ahead too much, take the other side. That being said, how, how many times have I said that now? These games haven't necessarily been that close. You get if you get somebody with a ten-point lead and you take the other side, it, well, it turns out that ten-point lead becomes seventeen or something. This has got danger written all over it said it a million times, there's no reason to be betting in postseason sports unless you feel you have an edge. The money in sports is made in the regular season when there's more edges available. There's more games being played. You can find a game that has an edge. I'm passing. I'm taking a hard pass in the game. I'm not looking for a lot of opportunity. I'm doing nothing. If I, anything I've said about my leans of over in Miami conflicts with what you're saying and you are making money on this series, then ignore it. If you're looking for an edge... I'm telling you that the history of NBA playoffs is take the home team in the game seven if they're getting points and you'll cash it. End of story. Moving on to baseball. 
A lot of red ink in the last several days here in baseball. The month is excellent so far. Still up over 10 units in baseball. That doesn't the last several days have not been reason for that. Before that, it was up quite a bit more than that. Significantly more than that. Uh, <clears throat> another thing that's interesting is the last several days, I haven't had many correlated parlays, the same game parlays. I have had that for most of the month. There is something to be said there. I'm going to have eight plays today. I'm going to go over correlated parlays versus money line versus run lines. All eight plays today are same game parlays, whether they call them one game parlay, same game parlay, correlated parlay, or just parlay. Most of the main books are offering that in baseball now. However, not all are equal. Some of them are really gouging the player, the better, for the opportunity to get this correlated parlay. And there's a reason for that. There's a reason why correlated parlays haven't been available in these sports for so long, because it's an advantage for the player not for the sports book. Sports books know that, so they either haven't offered them. Now they're offering them for now because the market's exploding in the United States. They'll take them away sooner or later or they'll do more of this tainted lines where the lines aren't really a fair bet for the player. So you have to shop around. Starting with game number one, San Francisco and Cincinnati. I'm taking San Francisco parlayed with under 13 and a half at plus 100. I don't want to lay any juice. I'm going to, the theme of these, I can tell you right now, three, four, five of them are plus 100 or better. There was one at plus 105. And I have two at minus 110 and one at minus 105. So I am paying virtually nothing on juice. And that's the theme of why I've always done, how I've always done these same game parlays. I don't want to pay any juice. I'm going to get the favorite. And I want to take a total, whether it's under or over, that I'll risk that double-edged sword for, you, know, you have to win it on two different ways, although they're teased numbers, to get the bet to win versus straight up. So in this game, you could take San Francisco minus 150, but they are on the road. Cincinnati's actually coming alive lately. I don't want to pay juice on San Francisco. You can get them on the, on the run line, but what if this game's not going to 14. It's not. So, and yes, after I say that, it could go to 14. Mathematically, it can go a heck of a lot higher than 14. It's not going to 14 a day. I'm taking San Francisco under 13 and a half at plus 100, and I love it. One unit. Boston and over six and a half at plus 100. You can get Boston minus one and a half at plus 100. Same thing, so no juice. In the last uh, 10 games, Boston has won six of the 10 games by margin, meaning by two or more. That's a strong indicator to play Boston. However, Baltimore's only lost three of their last ten by two or more. So that kind of counteracts itself out. I'm taking Boston. Both these teams have been able to put runs on the board lately, and their pitching has been suspect. Boston was up to 6 nothing on the other day when I had them to win by two. They ended up losing. So it didn't really matter if I'd have done the same game parlay or run line in that bet. I would have lost either way. There's going to be seven runs in this game or more. I'll take Boston and six over six and a half at plus 100. If you want to take the run line in this one, that wouldn't be the worst bet in the world. They're fairly equal value on this. I'm just going with correlated parlay. If you don't get the plus 100 on that number, then take the run line instead. Next game, Atlanta and under 10 and a half at plus 100. Miami cannot hit lefties. They've proven that so far the season's over a quarter of the way done. 
in the last 10 games, as far as the run line opportunity, given that Miami can't hit lefties and Max Fried's going at lefty for Atlanta, well, Miami has only lost three of their last 10 by a margin of two or more, and Atlanta's only won four of their last 10 by a margin of two or more. I can't play that one, and I wouldn't recommend that you would. But Atlanta to win under 10.5 plus 100 is a one-unit play. By the way, every one of these is a one-unit play. So I've been doing a lot of half-unit plays lately, and there's reason for that because they didn't feel very strong. And the results, like the better opportunity, I guess, would have been not to play any of them because they were losing. I didn't think they would lose, otherwise I wouldn't have played them, but I didn't feel they were that strong. These are all one-unit plays, all of them. Atlanta under 10.5 plus 100. All right, we're going to Cleveland and Detroit. Cleveland to win and under 12.5 at minus 105. Run line is a questionable play here. You could look at Detroit's lost five of the last 10 by two or more. Cleveland's only won three of the last 10 by three or more. This is just a, this is a very rudimentary way to look at the, the run line. I'm also factoring in the, the points, as I mentioned in the previous podcast, when I get to a, a number that's high enough, I look at the run line. I'll, I'll tell you here. So San Francisco, I have 4.86 to Cincinnati, 4.02. In the Boston game, this was a close one, and I mentioned that would be a good opportunity there. I have Boston 5.1, Baltimore 4.02. All right. So that one was a reasonable option for the run line. Atlanta, I have 4.45 to Miami, 3.59. Not, not really good enough. Cleveland, I have 4.79 and Detroit 4. Point, or excuse me, Detroit 3.75. There is some value there. I don't think it's enough. Cleveland at under 12.5 at minus 105. That's my play. The next one is Minnesota and over 5.5 at minus 110. You can get the run line at plus 105 to Minnesota to win by two. And this one's a strong one. Kansas City has lost six of their last 10 by two or more, and Minnesota's won five of the last 10 by two or more. And you're getting it plus money, plus 105. That's a strong one. And you're at over a run, computerized. So that's a strong one. Not doing it. Sunny Gray pitching. I, I just, I just don't know about that. I think it's a sneak buy by Minnesota. That's just a hunch. My gut's been fairly accurate lately, as I mentioned when my gut tells me something. I mentioned that with the hockey game the other day. Logic tells you to go with the flow and take the under in the Carolina Rangers game. Well, it wasn't under. It was seven goals. I said I have no reason to believe that I can bet over, so I didn't. But my gut was telling me over. Anyway, I guess my gut tells me this could be a close game. Minnesota at home over KC, and uh, over 5.5 at minus 110. All right, next one, Houston and Seattle. I'm going to take Houston and under 12.5 at plus 100. They don't find a ton of value in the run line. Houston 4.77 and Seattle 3.96. I'm just going to take Houston to win under 12.5 at plus 100. Now move on to the Dodgers in Arizona. Dodgers have been winning. They didn't win by margin yesterday. That cost us. We needed a margin win. I'm taking the Dodgers paired up with over 7.5 at plus 105. You can take the Dodgers run line, but it's minus 135. There is, I'm just giving you the average on these because I'm not playing it, so I'm not looking for the best line. 
So minus 135, Dodgers to win by two or more on the run line. The Dodgers uh, have won seven of their last 10 games by margin. Seven of their last 10 they've won by margin. And yesterday was not one of those two. The previous two against Arizona were. This is a, it's a strong play to take the Dodgers to win by run line. It is. Arizona's only lost three of their last 10 by margin. Arizona's coming alive a little bit. And then two of those were the Dodgers already. I'm not playing it. And I'm not laying minus 135. No thanks. That the Dodgers and over seven and a half at plus 105. Now, I will tell you, this was the closest one I was going to do to less than one unit. I was going to do it at a half unit. I'm doing it for the full unit. I, just, I don't want to get a situation where the, it's marginal. You do things by numbers. Here I have it at Dodgers 5.54 and Arizona 3.75. That's a very strong run line play. You're mispriced that way, minus 135. To get to seven and a half, as I mentioned, Dodgers at 5.54, round up to six. Arizona 3.75, round up to four. It's rounded up to 10, but if you take away the rounding and you just average it up, you know, you got nine and a half, well, nine and a, let's see, eight, nine and a quarter, so nine. You know, it's nine. Well, we can get a win with eight at plus 105. So I'm just going to take that at plus money for a unit, as I said. Pittsburgh and San Diego bringing up the final eight plays. I'm taking San Diego and under 10 and a half at minus 110. You can get the run line at plus 105. However, this was an interesting one. The last 10 games, San Diego's only won two of those 10 by margin, meaning two or more. Pittsburgh has only lost three of those last 10 by margin, meaning two or more. Recent history says the run line is not a very good play here. Obviously, again, that's a rudimentary form. You got to look at the pitching matchup. You got to look at recent trend. The points on this are San Diego 4.94 to Pittsburgh 3.66. That does tell me that I would play this as a run line play. However, I find this better to go San Diego and under 10 and a half at minus 110. Which brings us to the pizza and beer parlays, which have not come through the last couple days. So I'm going to switch it up a little bit. I don't want to get, I don't want to key on any teams. I want to be able to win one or the other and not lose both if we have a little bit of a down on any of those. So it's five different teams involved. The first is the two-leg parlay. Atlanta and Minnesota. So just win. Just win at plus 117. The three-teamer going to take the Dodgers, the Padres, and the Red Sox at plus 250. Again, these are quarter unit for the two-leg and one-eighth, so half of the previous one on the three-leg. That's why we call it the pizza and beer. Some, of course, that's a heck of a lot of pizza and a heck of a lot of beer if you're up there, if your unit size is up there pretty large. And you can obviously do a smaller number or obviously skip it all together if you'd like. We are slightly negative on the parlays, down uh, about three quarters of a unit on both. And this is after 47, almost seven weeks, just shy of seven weeks of these. And they are pretty darn close to even, but again, slightly in the red. So keep that in mind. We are obviously taking chances yet to win Two, ed, two sides or three sides. And I mentioned this before. If I was to play the same game parlays in this, I could do a two-leg same game parlay for the two, 
two for the pizza, you know, using the, what I'm calling them. And I could just add a, you know, I could add a um, third leg in there for, say, one of the teams to score more than X amount of runs. Those would be kicking butt right now. I'm trying to do a traditional parlay that anyone can bet, whether you're in Europe or whether you're in Mexico, whether you're every single sports book, United States-based, overseas-based, can do these kind of parlays. And that's what I'm doing. But if we want to talk about the best possible parlays, just go to the baseball games. I'm doing every single one of those. All eight of those have really good odds of coming in as opposed to asking for two different things to happen, two different, two entirely different games to come out the right way. The correlated parlay is you're really looking at the same thing. You're, you're, you're one side of that bet equates to the second side of the bet to a large degree, a, or I should say a much larger degree than two unrelated games. Anyway, that's it for today. So the eight baseball games and the two parlays, good luck.